0: on the web at english.rti.org.tw
1: Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. Coming up this hour, we will have for you Hashtag Taiwan with Leslie Liao and also Status Update with John and Shirley. But first up today, here in Taiwan... Today is Tuesday, June 9th, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. In the studio today, we have a very cold Leslie Liao. Oh, so very cold. (laughs) So very cold. But warm at heart. Yeah. Uh, And we have me, Andrew Ryan. Uh, The reason why it's so cold in the studio is because it's always so cold in the studio. I think it's something got to do with the equipment. You got to keep it cold. They say that. I don't know if it's maybe some <laughs> kind of... plausible <laughs> that is. ...advanced hazing technique. <laughs> but uh, it's working, whatever it is. Um, so we're going to tell you all about some of the big events that happened over the weekend. A big recall in the southern city of Kaohsiung, um, which we're still talking about today on Tuesday. Also, uh, the easing of restrictions on... Uh, well, I guess they're COVID-19 related restrictions... So, Taiwan is, uh, has opened up, they're saying, they say Jia feng.
2: Yes, that's what they said, like, uh, it's a removing the lockdown.
1: That's an unlocking, Yuck. as it were. Um, but I think Taiwan was never really locked down, to be honest.
2: Comparatively, no. Yeah. yeah comparatively, typically, schools were countries. in
1: session, you know, we still had events. I mean, there were some cancellations of large-scale events, but at any rate, we're going to tell you what the new rules are. Also, um... Where do you think uh, Taiwan lands in the top 10 countries of foreign exchange reserves in the world? I'm not even sure what that means, so (laughs) you're going to have to
2: walk me through that
1: one. All right. Uh, Well, our listeners, maybe you can come up with an idea of where you think Taiwan is in terms of the amount of foreign money they have saved in accounts. Oh, Yeah, like how much euros in US dollars. Oh, we're running out of time for our intro music. Uh, So lots more to come in today's Here in Taiwan. Don't go anywhere. I don't like to let the music completely run out on our opening music but sometimes timing good timing good timing you know we get some kind of chatty (laughs) we enjoy our time together in the studio take it easy uh (laughs) we don't enjoy it that much (laughs) so we're gonna start off with some of the stories um that we saw happening over the weekend which we didn't really get a chance to talk about yet here in taiwan indeed just because of our unusual recording schedule is that saying too much
2: You're the one that said it, so I cannot take any uh, responsibility here. Have we let people in on a big secret? (laughs) Uh, So let's
1: start off with the big recall vote in the southern city of Kaohsiung, which is uh, Taiwan's second largest city after New Taipei.
2: Made history over the weekend, Andrew. Made history. In that they actually voted to remove their mayor, Han kuo who some of our listeners might recognize as the presidential candidate who ran opposite of the incumbent Tsai And they voted to remove him out of office. And not only that, it was a resounding vote.
1: Yes. Uh, what was the vote on that? It so was- uh,
2: the final count was 939,090 votes for, in favor of recall. To twenty five thousand and fifty one against. So a
1: tiny number of people that were supporting the mayor.
2: Yeah, um, that wouldn't really surprise you, considering that uh, up until this recall election, the mayor actually ran out a platform of "don't tr- don't vote." Okay, He's, he was telling people not to vote because um, the idea was to keep the number so low that it was it would be an ineligible count. So in order for it to be eligible, they had to get a quarter of the.
1: Uh, Eligible voters, yeah. the electorate, to turn up and vote one way or the other in yeah. the recall vote, um, and that number was a little over five hundred
2: thousand. Uh, the the actual number was five hundred seventy four thousand nine hundred ninety six. So, if nine hundred thousand people voted uh, against
1: him being in office, in other words, for the recall, yeah. That clearly is way more than the 500,000
2: needed and, yeah, a clear majority. Over 40% of people want him out of office. And I'm not saying over 40% of the people who voted. It was over 40% of the actual city's population. Oh, wow. Voted him out. So, not
1: only did they want him out, they actually went to the polls and suggested that on paper.
2: Indeed. And uh, the biggest message that was sent that night that people are saying is just that he was an underdog in the mayoral uh, election, right? Mm -hmm. And he actually won by 892,545 votes in a city that was traditionally, I want to say, ruled by the party opposite of him. Yeah. So, DPP.
1: And in in fact, the DPP had ruled it for 20 years before Mm -hmm. he swept into power. Yeah. And how many votes did you say he got in that election back in 2018? 892,545. So, he won with fewer votes than he lost the recall. Yes. So more votes went against him in the recall than went to yeah. put him in office in the first place. Yeah.
2: So this is a a kind of a clear strong message because yeah. I think his vote was actually, it was actually a record-breaking vote for him, actually. Yeah, and we should also mention, too, that, um, like,
1: mayoral elections will get a higher voter turnout than a recall vote would. Mm. Just because when you're going to the polls to vote for mayor, you actually are voting on a lot of different things. Yeah. You might have some issues to vote on. You may have other candidates to vote for.
2: Uh, this is also the one with the, um, what are they called? The referendums, right? Yes. The mayoral
1: votes are the one with the referendums. That's right. Sorry. There might not have been other people to vote for.
2: Is that the nine in one? Uh, that is the nine in one. I think, I believe that's the one where you vote for city councilors. So they call okay. it the local elections, right? You vote for your mayoral, uh, the, your mayor, and mm-hmm. then you vote for the local elections. Do you uh, also vote for like neighborhood chief, like Li Zhang? Is
1: that the same one? <laughs> I think so, actually. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, lots. at any rate, the point is there are a lot of things on the ticket to vote for, a lot of reasons to go to the ballot box, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the recall, which happened over the weekend, which just had one
2: issue. Yeah. And uh, the interesting thing is they have to run a by-election in the next three months. So, the people are going to be busy, man. They're... That's how many elections.
1: Seriously, that's like going to the ballot box like so many times in the last two years. Um, So this is going to be held, I think, early September is what I saw. Mm -hmm. Uh, The question is who is going to be running... Now, the uh, cabinet actually gets to appoint a stand-in mayor, an acting mayor, who will
2: serve until the by-election can take place in yeah. September. And they say that's going to happen sometime next week. Okay. So, I guess they're making some decisions right now. And then, you know, there's going to be an acting mayor and there's going to be another election for another mayor. And does that, that mayor only has, can run for like... Can, he can only govern for about two years,
1: right? Right. Because this person would be serving through the end of uh, Han Goryu's term, right? Yes. And he's already served a year and what? Uh, like, two years
2: and change, actually. Two years. No, no, and... I'm sorry. No, no, You're right. You're right. A year and uh, seven months. Seven months. Okay. Come wow.
1: November would be his two years. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, you know, th- there are a lot of interesting people who could uh, take over in a pinch, um, my guess, and nobody's asking me, um, would be former Mayor Tenju. Do you think she could uh, fill in? I mean, she's she's got the experience, right? She was there for how many years? I think two terms, two yeah. full terms. Eight years. Uh, and she's very close with the president. Uh, she served as the uh, presidential office secretary general until mm. recently. Um, so, yeah, I think she's a good shot, as long as it's not illegal for her to serve more time as mayor. Because I think there's a two, is there a two term? For limits? mayors? I believe so so uh at any rate we'll we'll see who's going to be uh the stand in person and who's going to run. I think it's probably going to be Tenshi Mai the vice premier that's what people are saying. he's the one that, who
2: ran originally against Han Guoyu and lost and yeah. lost and lost um who knows, man? It's it's actually you know what well, we could sit here and speculate all day, but honestly, the past the news coming out the past few days has been very surprising. Well, yeah, well
1: we will say that um, th- th- people that won't be running uh, the TPP is probably not going to feel the candidate they were mm. asking whether or not uh, Ko who's party chair and Taipei mayor, whether his assistant would be running for that a uh, Taipei rule. Yeah, and they uh. said no. Um, somebody else that I saw that was, uh, oh, they were saying the KMT chairman Johnny Chang might run for that, but I saw just now that he's, uh, his party, the Kuomintang, has said no, that he will not um, be running for that mayorship. Mm-hmm. So, very interesting. It'll be interesting to see also what happens to um Guoyu, uh, whose yeah. political star rose so so quickly on a nationalist wave, uh, but then fell just as quickly as it rose
2: fascinating almost
1: yeah fascinating
2: people are saying he might run for the chairman person chairman. of the KMT. i heard that he's might be gearing up to run for a taipei mayorship in
1: 2022 oh my goodness so many different things could happen he'd have a better shot here in taipei because uh, i think the KMT has stronger supports yes. in northern taiwan indeed but uh anything is possible we hear about it we will tell you in a future episode of here in taiwan so we saw something nice happen on sunday and that was the easing of restrictions on travel and wearing face masks and stuff like that you want to tell
2: us a little bit about that sure so um June 7th, that was the date when a lot of restrictions were eased. And uh, that also marked eight straight weeks that there have been no locally infected patients of COVID-19. So it's kind of safe to say that the, the virus has been eradicated from within the island i don't know about anything coming in
1: yeah you know it's funny i was wondering about the word eradication and when we can start saying it mm-hmm. um i think as of uh monday there were still about six five or six people in hospital with COVID 19 maybe once they are completely cleared of it and released then we can say it's been eradicated yeah i think so yeah. So, uh, um, we'll tell you when that happens.
2: Large gatherings. Uh, they're, easy, they're easing restrictions on large gatherings as well as uh, social distancing and mask rules. This is from the CECC. Of course, local governments are free to uh, make... Their own rules as well. Yeah, they're their own rules as well. But uh, from what I saw, you, um, performance venues can start selling tickets again and they can actually sell out. The C says it's, CCC says it's okay for them to sell out. Do we have a cap on the number of people? Is it a thousand? A thousand.
1: Okay, A so thousand or less. Any venue of a thousand or less can sell out yes. if they want. So no leaving of empty seats in between people.
2: Yes. And then uh, baseball games mm-hmm. are also uh, I think they've been increased uh, to I think 2,000 or 3,000 people I believe. Mm-hmm. Originally it was from uh, 1,500 and they, they were very strictly observing uh, social distancing but now um, yeah, baseball's back in session. Alrighty, nice. So you can have a full crowd for a baseball game. Yes, and then the most important thing that I think people are paying attention to is public transportation. Mm. So it's uh, you still need to wear the mask into the station, but when you're on the train itself, as long as you can maintain most social distance, uh, you can actually take the mask off. So when you're
1: physically walking into the station or getting on the bus, you need to have it on, and then yes. you can, like, at your discretion then remove it. So I guess it just really depends on whether or not people are following that rules, so yeah. whether or not they, you know, kind of ease it more.
2: Still checking your temperature, though, at the yes. barriers and at the, at the gates. And if you have a fever, you will, you will not be admitted in.
1: Okay. You know what's interesting? I went to a couple of shopping malls over the weekend and mm-hmm. a Hypermart. What'd you get me? Uh, <laughs> a hug. <laughs> they were free, funny. Um, so, yeah, so I walked in and walked all around the whole kind of uh, building mm. inside. Nobody checked my temperature. Nobody required me to wear a mask. It was only when I went into the actual Hypermart itself, into Carrefour, which, where they took my temperature. Yeah. But I don't think they were enforcing mask rules at all. And it was super packed. Um, but what's interesting is uh, a lot of people, even though they weren't necessarily enforcing it, they were definitely wearing face masks. People are definitely
2: more cautious. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the way this, um, the impression that this... Uh, coronavirus has left on Taiwanese society. It's still very much there. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, when I took the the MRT, almost everybody had a mask. I was actually looking out for who didn't have a mask because I was unsure if the rules were in effect or not. Now, were you in a like a crowded car? Yes, I was actually. Okay.
1: Yeah. So so everybody should have been wearing that.
2: Everybody right? should have been wearing a mask. But you know, you always got one of those persons, one of those people who you know try to bend the rules a little bit. But actually, everybody was wearing a mask. <laughs> everybody.
1: <laughs> that is good to see. I was uh, at a stoplight on my scooter coming to work today, and I was counting the people um, that were just crossing the street in front of me. So number of people that were wearing mask to the number of people not wearing a mask. And from what I can tell, it was about two thirds of the people in Taipei just walking down the street, Mm. which is outdoors and technically a little safer and definitely no restrictions on masks, no requirements. Uh, Still two thirds of the people in Taipei in public were wearing masks. Good on Taipei. I say, you know, I think it's great. My favorite thing is seeing, like, a couple where, you know, because you have these uh, expectations on what kind of a person would be wearing a mask, right? We assume it's probably more older people. Yeah. Uh, Young people probably are more likely to not wear a mask. Maybe women more likely to wear a mask than men. Um, But I always see these couples. It's like uh, the woman is not wearing a mask. And, like, the guy next to her, he could be, like, studly looking, like, muscular and whatnot. (laughs) He's got the mask on. Nobody bats an eyelash. Yeah. Nobody thinks it's weird in Taipei.
2: Not in, Not in Taiwan. Not in Taiwan. Not in Taiwan at all.
1: It might be a little bit more unusual in southern Taiwan, but nobody would ever tell you anything otherwise. That's right. All righty. Um, let's move on to a light topic. Taiwan's foreign exchange reserves. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's. I studied economics, so I should know what this means, but I'm still going to need you to tell me what this means in the group. Uh, okay. Well, basically,
1: a lot of countries in the world, almost every country in the world, has uh, a central bank. Uh, what they do is they keep reserves of foreign money. So, mm-hmm. like, for example, you'd have euros or you'd have uh, U.S. dollars, which you would keep... Uh, in a bank account and you can actually trade that money or you can exchange it from different currencies and you can actually make money on it Mm. so most uh central banks will do that in fact i can't imagine a country not doing that um if they had like some extra money
2: i mean that's kind of making money out of nothing at all
1: kind of if you're savvy and if you're the biggest like owner of wealth in your country, then chances are, well, that's, you know, maybe some individuals are more <laughs> richer, than, are richer than countries, but we won't, I, they probably have them too. <laughs> they do? I, I, bet, I bet they do. Of course they that's do. That's how they what make we, more money. What are we talking about? <laughs> of course. So my question for you is, um, as of May, what uh, is Taiwan's ranking in terms of countries with the largest foreign exchange reserves in the world? must be number one. It is not number one. Okay. Does this feel like a Taiwan by number, by chance?
2: Well, if it is, is, you know, you're you're giving me the answers now and uh, appreciate it. Yes, uh,
1: it is not. So don't think like you're going to get the the answers for next Taiwan Insider. Uh, So it is number four in the world. Mm. What's interesting is is that um, actually in April, Taiwan replaced Saudi Arabia to take the fourth place for the first time in recent years. And the reason was because uh, Saudi Arabia's forex declined following a plunge in crude oil prices. I knew
2: it. Oh,
1: I had a feeling. Uh, Do you want to make any guesses about the countries that rank ahead of Taiwan? The three countries, the top three spots. Is the United States on there? It is not. Okay, China. Yes, number one with $3 trillion. Wow, that's a spicy meatball. Spicy meatball there. Singapore? Singapore? nope good guess south korea think think about the singapore of europe (laughs) luxembourg (laughs) so that was a really stupid thing to say uh switzerland oh switzerland yeah so switzerland (laughs) is (laughs) very very specific with that um switzerland is third with 824 billion all right everybody's talking
2: about their swiss bank accounts right yeah
1: exactly uh number two who do you think number two is if we're going in the same trend the cayman islands Uh, no, that that's, that's an interesting <laughs> guess. Uh, think of another Asian country, mm. another big Asian superpower.
2: A superpower? Well, if well, it's talk, not a superpower. If we're talking about financial hub Hong Kong.
1: Nope.
2: Um, Japan. Yes, sir. Oh, okay,
1: it is Japan. numbers, two, and they they have. Remember, China has three trillion as of the end of April. Japan has a trillion. Not a shabby number.
2: Not, nothing to believe at. <laughs> Eight hundred
1: twenty-four billion and. Switzerland and uh, Taiwan has $484.5 billion in its foreign exchange reserves. Now, the reason why, if you're interested, the reason why it grew, uh, and it grew by a bit. um, Let's see how much did it grow here. It grew by $2.7 billion from April mm. to May, just, just made $2 billion. I don't know, um, or just poof, poof, just like that. Apparently, that was a result of growth in returns from the central bank's management of its Forex reserves. So, in other words, trading, right? Mm. So, um, there was appreciation of non-US dollar currencies against the greenback. So, the Europe appreciated against the greenback, uh, and that boosted the asset value when they converted it into the US currency. Bam!
2: Money out of nada.
1: I wish they would handle my finances. No,
2: it's the central bank, man. That's how they're going to do it.
1: Seriously. Uh, So that was just our little foray down the road of foreign exchange reserves. Something you didn't know you were going to hear about today, but you did. (laughs) So uh, we could say the central bank is fire when it comes to trading. Um, sorry, this is the worst transition ever. <laughs> and so I'm going to trans- transition into an actual literal fire. Oh. Um, woo. Glad the money wasn't on fire. Um, yeah, that was bad. I apologize for that profusely. Uh, so this is a theater group that um, saw a big fire over the weekend, uh, which is uh, just a devastating loss. Um, interestingly enough, the name of the company, the, the theater company... Paper Windmill Arts and Education Foundation. Oh. Paper Windmill. Uh. Uh -uh. Uh, So they do a lot of children's shows. I have actually seen a ton of their shows. They are fantastic. Really a great group. They actually also run Green Ray... Um, which does more adult-type performances. I don't mean adult performance. That sounds bad. Performances for adults.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't said a thing for the past minute, Andrew. This is just you. This is all
1: you. Oh, your presence in the studio uh, is making this a fun one. Um, So we're going to say that the reason why this fire broke out, they're still looking into it. It was at their prop workshop and may have cost them... About 50 million Taiwan dollars. That's nearly two million US, 1.68 million US dollars. Interestingly enough, the the fire um, took place in a prop workshop that is located in Bali District in New Taipei, and uh, not Bali the island.
2: I know. It's just that that's not the first time that yeah. Like, I'm thinking about Cloud Gay, right? Yes.
1: So, this story doesn't say anything about Cloud Gate, but you jumped to the same place I did. Yeah. Um, I don't know if somebody in that part of New Taipei has something against the performing, the performing arts <laughs> troops. But, uh, yeah, Is Cloud it hot Gate. hot over there? Is I don't it? think it's hot. And they both occur in the middle of the night. Um, so, I don't know. I hope that they get to the bottom of this. Um, because I think it's a a really devastating loss for them. And they are one of the most prolific um, theater companies in Taiwan. Sure. Uh, The group founder and director, Li Yongfeng, says that they're going to try to do their best to proceed with their planned performances. They actually have a ton of shows scheduled, which is really unusual because we haven't seen any performances in Taiwan in theaters for
2: months, right? That's true the show must go on
1: the though. show must go on uh, the government's uh, the culture minister says that they can offer financial help of up to 20 million dollars nearly half of their losses um, so they're going to try to continue doing their performance of um, their shows they're going to bring their plays to 368 townships that's every township in Taiwan wow. um, which I think is incredible and they've, this is not the first time they've done that but they're going to try to keep to that schedule and Green Ray also has um, a tour of one of their most popular pieces, Human Condition, from August 28th through November 28th, a month long tour.
2: If that isn't the most ambitious thing I've heard. Seriously,
1: in the time of coronavirus, to keep up that kind of a performance schedule with, you know, dwindling uh, finances and dwindling audiences, I just hope that uh, it all pulls together for them and they can uh, arise like a phoenix from the ashes just coming together with all these metaphors i'm doing my best here maybe they're gonna have to change their name to like stone windmill or something like fireproof windmill i like that i like that all right well thank you so much for joining us for this edition of here in taiwan i'm andrew ryan and i'm leslie leo stay tuned we've got a lot more coming up your way here on rti
2: welcome to this week's edition of Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Lester Liao. This week, we're going to deviate from the lighthearted and explore a bit of a global topic. Now, for those of you that don't know, I'm an American, and I've been following the Black Lives Matter movement going on in the States. As I read about the protests calling for reform and change, that got me to wondering what the Taiwanese community thinks about what's going on. By Taiwanese community, I mean, you know, Taiwanese American communities, groups, or maybe even groups in Taiwan itself. To my surprise, there was quite a bit of commentary and support from Taiwanese groups, artists and individuals for the current Black Lives Matter movement going on in the US. I would venture to say that an even broader trend is how the entire Asian community as a whole is coming together in support of Black Lives Matter. The most interesting thing I found in my research this week was a fascinating article that drew connections between the movements in Taiwan in the past and what's going on now. Remember, if there's ever an online topic you think I should cover for Hashtag Taiwan, then feel free to reach out to me on the RTI Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Radio International. Also, if you'd like to see the video version, our videos are available on RTI's YouTube page, which is also Radio Taiwan International. Without further ado, here's this week's show. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about something a little more serious. I want to talk to you about what's going on in the United States of America. You might have seen this image plastered all over your Instagram. It shows support for the hashtag Black Lives Matter movement. But organizers are asking people not to use that hashtag with this image because it prevents people from getting vital information. So instead of showing you a black screen, I'm gonna talk about how the Taiwanese community has come together to help. Most recently, people are protesting the death of this man. George Floyd. Floyd was killed in Minneapolis, Minnesota when a white police officer knelt on his neck for eight minutes, suffocating him. Floyd's offense? He was accused of using a counterfeit $20 bill and resisting arrest. American citizens are protesting because Floyd is just one of many black people killed at the hands of police and in racist incidents. Taiwanese American communities have come together to show support for Black Lives Matter on social media. The Taiwanese American Citizens League retweeted this image by Asian-American artist Kalaya An Mendoza, which says, "Taiwanese for black lives. In the center is a raised fist, a symbol of black power.'' Mendoza is of Filipino heritage, but he's customized his design for various Asian communities. Esme As Wei-Jun Wong also tweeted out her own picture, showing a pair of hands entwined in solidarity. Duke professor Eileen Chow on Twitter responded to a question asking how someone might translate Black Lives Matter into Chinese. She proposed the phrase, which translates to black lives are priceless. It's a play on words because it can also be read as black lives are given no worth. Yellow peril is a term historically used in the United States to describe the threat Asians pose to Western society. Asian Americans have since reclaimed the term as a form of empowerment. Take a look at this image. Asians can show support for black people without suggesting that we know exactly what they've been through. The slogan here is, I understand that I will never understand, however I stand. While the experience is different, Taiwan history might provide some hope. Alton Wong points out that Taiwanese Americans should remember that Taiwan's democratic roots were the riots that faced a brutal crackdown by the government, killing thousands and leading to white terror and martial law. Martial law only ended because of continued protests and actions taken by the people. For more information, I highly recommend this article. We'll have a link below. That's all I have for you this week. Until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, and show support for one another.
1: Status
3: Update Welcome to Status Update, I'm Shirley Lin I'm John Ventriest. We'll be getting to your letters about what programs you heard and what you think about them But before we do that, we're going to update our own personal status for a little bit to start off So anyway, um, you know, I'm thinking of going vegetarian but I am making an announcement here. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, well, did, it's all because of um um uh, this documentary film that I watched with my husband called Game Changers. And it was it was uh, recommended by someone I interviewed mm-hmm. for my other show. And it's it was like after watching it I was going like wow. And it's really talking about like athletes going vegetarian and actually they have better sem- stamina and and muscle power and, you know, um, there was like this whole, uh, what is it, American football team? They were like losing. They never made it into the playoffs. But then one of the members, you know, started eating vegetarian, uh, going vegetarian. And his wife is a great cook at, you know, vegetarian dishes. So then he made, he asked for the whole team to go vegetarian. And they would go over to their homes, uh, The you know, their this guy's uh, house. And the wife would actually make all the burgers and all the fried chicken, but they're all vegetarian. Huh. And then you know what? The thing was that after some time, that the whole team was going vegetarian. They um, actually I think it's vegan. Um, they won. They 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 started getting into the playoffs. Huh. <laughs> so that was like one amazing. I didn't thing. hear that story. Which team actually, was that? Actually, you know what? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but um um, but the thing is. Uh, it, this film was just packed with all facts and evidence and experiments and everything. It was just really convincing. But anyway, so you know, I think town is a great place for vegetarian for for people who are vegetarian because we've got some great restaurants.
0: And wait, mm. I'm the, what, what's that expression in your face? <laughs> so actually, I was a vegetarian for right. about from middle school into high school about ten years. Wow. And I, oh,
3: I mean, on your own, or yeah, yeah. your
0: your? your oh, I thought your parents convinced you or something. No, what happened? Um, why did you Well, I started traveling, which is why I'm saying, uh, I'm not quite sure about that. It can be very difficult. Oh, we yeah. have <laughs> vegetarian food and actually uh there are some very nice places, but the vegetarian food that is served at these places tends to be quite oily. Yes. Quite, uh it's
3: they can also be so deep fried and it's yeah, got to be yeah. the
0: right kind of vegetarian diet. Like plant-based, it's not just like, okay, I don't eat meat anymore and therefore and I can say for for certain that it did nothing for my athletic abilities.
3: So, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think
0: that may be more psychological than anything else. Well, um, well now, I don't I s- know. I still am pretty much vegetarian although my partner does make me <laughs> eat. For, it's a meat? He says, um, I get bruises and so that might be why but it's probably oh. there's probably some plant-based reason that you can...
3: So I've decide to i'm starting on this i'm trying to stay away from meat as much as i can Mm -hmm. not purposely but you know it's like if there's a choice i would choose like for example at the radio station we there is a line group you know the social app group where we order lunch boxes yeah i i would choose now from now on i would choose the one with the vegetables over white rice and just vegetables over yeah. white rice. Well, the thing is, um,
0: I'm feeling lethargic, though. That's probably because, like, again, you need to eat the right kind of vegetarian diet. You need to yeah, have a balance of things. That. When I was doing it, iron was a big problem.
3: That's it. So um, I
0: discovered as I Googled on my problem that it's iron deficiency
3: that that's why i'm making me lethargic you know really tired easily yeah. every day and i was like this is not good for me i'm going vegetarian it's supposed to be good for me why well, again you have to do it the right way yeah and um i need to consult like a nutritionist or something because i don't even know how to do best myself first of all i'm a picky eater i don't even know if this is a wise idea for me
0: to go vegetarian <laughs> oh really see for me like i didn't really i don't like m- meat very much like i just don't Except for, and seafood as well, except for fish. That's the only thing that I really will eat. Okay. Which in Taiwan, again, can be challenging because shrimp is everywhere and (laughs) there's, I mean... Yeah. Oysters, shellfish, I don't like any of it. Uh Uh-huh. Eel,
3: squid. Well, you know, I know I lack zinc, so I should be eating more shellfish.
0: hmm. So uh, I'm still pretty much semi-vegetarian, like...
3: So, um... What do you do with the iron deficiency? Well, of course, just, because your partner, I mean, yeah. you know, your,
0: your roommate is making you eat, you know, more meat. So, so. yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I mean, uh, certain types of vegetables are good for that. Um, I hear spinach. That's what I eat a lot of. I like spinach.
3: Yeah. I'm
0: not sure that does, if that like by that. itself does it. And again, I'm no nutritionist. Oh, I think
3: spinach is more iron than uh, some of the food. Oh, the other thing is tofu. Right. Tofu? Yeah. That's
0: one thing where Taiwan definitely <sighs> comes up on top Good because thing, I the, love tofu, tofu. the tofu that they have in the States is nasty. Oh, I. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. I also enjoy tempeh, which is the Indonesian, I think, is also bean curd based. Okay. Again, hard to find in the States, but really, really oh. nice.
3: How do they make them here? I'm not even sure if I know what tempeh is, unless you describe it to me, like maybe of it's in a important. dish. Like you
0: have to, you have to probably go to like an Indonesian shop. But we have lots of those here. There's oh. a lot of Indonesian workers. So you here, wouldn't so. find it at a Chinese or a Chinese restaurant. I know, oh. no, it's an Indonesian thing. Hmm, it's a Southeast I'm not Asian sure. thing. Sure, is it
3: is it, is it in Japanese cuisine? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. So maybe I've never had it. I'm not sure. So, but anyway, good thing I like tofu. And the thing is just that. We still have, you know, after seeing this documentary film, we still have quite a bit of uh, ground beef and like um, steak in yeah. the freezer. So I was telling my husband, okay, well, we can finish off those meat and then eventually, you know, like switch over to vegetarian. But like, you know, uh, my friend was telling us to go,
0: you know, slow, not like total switch over. Oh, degree. really? I did it. Like, oh, I was just like, no oh, more. Well, and that was it. Oh. And then I started what, again coming not- to Asia, and it's really like not always easy to do. There's lots of yeah. things that have... I know. Yeah. Not that,
3: You've got to find plant-based you know, vegetarian restaurants, I mean, which I know one. Ucha-cha. Have you heard of
0: that that's one? That's expensive, though. Oh, my goodness. Yes, but
3: they're all kind of on the
0: pricey side. It's expensive. Uh, yeah, you, can't like, you can't eat like that every day. No. Um, you go bankrupt. But what I, what I do is, like, so there's a, these are the vegetarian buffets. Okay. And I mean, they're cheap, very cheap, and very filling, and yeah. you choose whatever you, you want. You choose, yeah, so you stay away from the oily, have, deep-fried ones. They have um, some things that if you want to like sit down and wait for a little bit, they can do like different soups and things, too. But I'm usually in a hurry, so uh, uh-huh. just... Grab some, I don't know, eggplant, some spinach, or di What's that called? Sweet potato leaves. Sweet potato. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they're ornamental in the states, and it turns <laughs> out that they're actually very delicious. Mm. Uh, I don't. I never heard of anyone there. Ornamental. Eating them. Okay. know, yeah, like they're grown really? like because they yeah. look nice, but yeah. uh, here they're <laughs> eaten and they're really good. Um, yeah. Or maybe like some tofu and egg. I'm not vegan. I couldn't. That's a bit.
3: I know. Same hard here. For me, but you know, at least yeah, we can get some protein and iron from eggs too yeah i probably don't have the healthiest diet but yeah so i
0: wouldn't but that's just my experience
3: okay so anyway but did you not start feeling like lethargic and out of energy in the I'm beginning always
0: lethargic and out of energy i live oh. on coffee <laughs>
3: <laughs> and here's the thing i don't drink coffee so it, it gives me a stomach ache oh really yeah it gives me an upset stomach rather upset stomach but anyway that was nothing new <sighs> so <laughs> okay well anyway i'm I'll just keep at it, but I'm just really um you know annoyed right now that you know, I think I'm doing a good thing, but then it's making me, you know, lethargic and tired easily. What are you easily, doing it for? So, are you going to be
0: an athlete? Like, is that the no, idea? No. Are you going to go like...
3: No, but it's healthier for me and it's eco-friendly so, to go, okay.
0: you know, vegetarian. For That's me, it was so, more ethical issues. Like, I just don't yeah. like... I just like animals. I don't...
3: Mm. Yeah, the last time when my husband... And we still have some steak in the freezer, by the way. The, the last time that uh, my husband made steak, I was fine with the first couple of mouthfuls. And then later I started feeling weird. Yeah. So I didn't have much of that steak. It was mostly consumed by my husband <laughs> and my son and a friend who was spending the night, you know, my but, son's friend. And when you travel but, though, um, it's just
0: really hard. Like you can order yeah. vegetarian meals on an airplane, but like when you're when you're just like it's not always in, like there, you know. Yeah, you so gotta-
3: when I read saying that, you know, uh, tofu does it, um, I brought tofu today. <laughs> just okay. plain tofu. Okay. And I'm planning to with just salad dressing
0: or something. But like at home, yum, like yum. I, I try to not. If it's, a, if it's possible, if I'm not forced to. I,
3: yeah. Oh, so. well. Okay. Well, well, but actually, you know, if you want to go vegetarian or vegan, Taiwan's a great place. To an extent. Um, to an extent. If okay, you cook for right. yourself,
0: it's a good place. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of fresh, good ingredients here. Well,
3: let's just say there's a if lot of convenience.
0: If you're eating out, it's a bit harder. Yeah. If you're eating out it's a bit harder. You have you have, have limited choices. A lot of them are not terribly great. They're chock-full of deep-fried, oily stuff. Yeah. It's more about taste than <laughs> health. <laughs> I know, and yeah So I, I, I think it's more A bit of a challenge sometimes But there are vegetarians here I know, I yes. think Andrea In our Spanish service is, Doesn't eat meat
3: Oh, okay, yeah uh,
0: Again, sure there's for More, more ethical Slash religious yes. reasons But,
3: yep. I mean, yeah See how it goes All right Well, I'll keep you up to date As to how it goes Hopefully i have more energy Next week when I do the show <laughs> Okay. Anyway All right, well Let's uh, get to the letters We always love to hear from you Our address is PO Box 123-199 Taipei,
0: Taiwan Our email address is RTI at RTI Dot org dot tw. And of course you can always reach us through Facebook and YouTube. And we look forward to reading your comments there.
3: Okay, we're going now to Japan. This is coming to us from Shin Makino. It says here, Dear Sir and Ma'am, I wish to report reception of a broadcasting station on June 3rd. He was listening and uh on 15320 kilohertz. Uh program details is that uh he heard the news. Yes, it was the news, and uh, Particularly the top three stories he mentioned here was uh, President Tsai Ing-wen says the launching of Jia Yi vessel has opened a new page in Taiwan's medical care at sea. Also, Premier Susan Tseng-chang says the government will issue coupons in mid-July to boost the economy. And Taiwan did not have any new cases of COVID-19. This was Tuesday of that week, anyway. Um, then Taiwan prepares to make modular uh, negative pressure rooms. Um, Would that be hospital rooms, I guess? I think so. Okay. And unrationed uh, surgical masks are set to be sold uh, at convenience and cosmetic stores in Taiwan starting uh, that week. A civic group is calling on the government to take steps to protect foreign fishermen, and health minister Chen Shizhong was setting fashion trends. Is now promoting domestic travel. That's such
0: an like an unlikely person to be doing that, but yeah. that's just he's so popular these days. He
3: is totally doing such a good job for the mm. for the country. And, um, Even then, he's on
0: vacation, he's not really on vacation, you know?
3: I know. Yeah, <laughs> really. For, has to
0: be to, for some purpose. They kind have a break.
3: <laughs> and then he also listened to Here in Taiwan on June 2nd and introducing the overview of the program by Leslie Liao. And I was in that episode with him and we talked about... About how we have been th- uh, throughout the whole COVID nineteen pandemic. Yeah, we each talked about how we've been doing, and then about Taiwan team helping Nauru in prison to make its own food, about food delivery services, con- complaints that we received by major players in Taiwan, and about COVID nineteen testing kits available for purchase in Taiwan. Okay, simple rating was three, four, three, three, three. I guess it could be better, and then. Uh, Okay, his impression of the programs. Today, the noise was louder than usual, and it was difficult to hear the content of the program. Instead, the interference with other stations didn't bother me. Thank you for sending us beautiful QSR cards every month. I'm always looking forward to seeing what kind of designs QSR cards that you will send me. I hope you find my reception report to be of some use.
0: And thank you so much. That was Shin Makino of Japan. We're going now over to West Bengal, India. We've got a letter here that is from Shivendu Paul, and it says here uh that this is about our May 30th broadcast From 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. The SIMPA rating was all fours, which is fairly good. Um, Mm. It says here, uh, greetings to all staff and listeners of Radio Taiwan International. I want to know about distance education systems in Taiwan and how elementary and higher education continue in this COVID-19 pandemic period. Well, that's actually pretty easy to answer. We're we're not doing that, really. I know that one of my uh, friends said his daughter was doing that for a bit, but I think schools are just open like they were pretty yeah pretty normally i saw a bunch of kids are we getting close to summer vacation because yes, they were we all on, they were all on the metro this morning for some reason they looked like they were going oh, on an outing, on an outing huh? so like they all had masks on but that's like it other yeah than that, uh, everything is completely normal yeah it says uh we are regular listeners of Radio Taiwan International. Now, from Murshidabad, West Bengal, India, your reception is good. On May 20- 30th, 2020, I received a good reception from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz with my Grundig YB80 receiver. Uh, again, simple was all fours. Signal strength was good, but slight noise and overall reception. But overall reception was, was very good. Yes, yeah, slight noise. We're noisy. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? So thank you very much for that uh, letter. It also comes with a recording file. So thank you for that. Uh, we're waiting for your reply with best wishes in 73. Shivendu Paul of the Metalli Listeners Club in West Bengal, India.
3: Okay. I've got a reception report. Well, actually a stack of reports from our dear listener, Brian Newell of Logansport, Indiana, USA. It says here, Dear RTI, I hope that all is well beyond the plum rains in this month of June. Best wishes in all your programming. Yes, it is actually during our plum rain season, although, a uh, good thing that the rain just only went it off for seems, what, 10 days or something? It seems someday. to have stopped. Are yeah. We out of here, maybe? I, I don't know. Is it over? Blue skies. Which is great. <laughs> I thought I was looking forward to like, you know, a month long rain. No, day. it seemed to have come and gone. I know. Just
0: in time for typhoons to start showing up. Though, oh, right? Oh, <laughs> no.
3: OK. Well, anyway, under the reports, uh, it says here um, he listened to just the classics on Shen Music. Uh, happy music, reads, and you can draw air in or blow air out. I bet that was the episode that I did. Yeah, because uh, I really wanted to learn about these really interesting uh, Chinese traditional musical instruments. Then also, he listened to Taiwan Today uh, with Natalie So, And I guess Natalie uh, um, interviewed Spencer Young, um, talking about Taiwan with 400-some cases uh, of COVID-19 cases and uh, and about how the 20, there are 23 million people here in Taiwan and how are we to slowly reopen our borders. And then also Time Traveler, uh, where, John, you were talking about Tainan and about Confucius temples in every district in Tang Dynasty exam season. In China, 1666, first Confucius Temple during time of Kosinga. Have you been there?
0: Uh, Yes, I have. It's a pretty nice place. Yes, it is. People like to like have concerts in the grounds. It's kind of fun. Oh,
3: yeah, it's like grass, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of
0: interesting. Very nice. There's like an elementary school next to it too, so there's people Mm. running around on the track. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like a Confucius Temple. It's kind (laughs) of just, but it's cool. Right.
3: That's great. Okay, and then also Ear to the Ground with Andrew Ryan uh, about football crazy in Germany sounds a victory parade in the street with honking after victory over Greece. Yes, that's a a sound uh, postcard kind of program. Okay, so
0: thank you so much. That was again from Brian Newell of Logansport, Indiana, USA. And I have to actually apologize here to Brian. Uh, we've been out of the office a lot due to social distancing. And mm-hmm. I've gotten several lovely emails. And uh, by the time I've gotten them, some time has passed. Yeah. But he's given me some really nice ideas for some new programs. And oh, I- nice. I hope that uh, you guys look forward to hearing them. I've, I'm, I'm working on them. Oh, great. <laughs> so thank you very much for your suggestions, too.
3: Yes, that is great. And uh, that's about it for uh, this week's status update. Thank you so much for your letters, but we do
0: love to hear from you. So do write us. Our address is PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And remember, you can always leave us a comment on our YouTube and Facebook pages.
3: Yes, until next week, I'm Shirley Lynn.
0: I'm John Van Trieste.
3: Goodbye for now. Bye. Or <laughs>
1: 320 kilohertz we'd love to hear from you